0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success.
1: And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, August 13th, 2020 edition of invest Hawk and a lot to talk about today. The market looked subdued, right? S and P was down 0.2%. NASDAQ was up about 0.2%, right? So not a whole lot of market movements on that front, but there is a big change over the past week in the bond market and if you're paying attention over geez, the last decade you'll know that the bond market is extremely important right yields have been pushed lower and lower what we call financial repression and that's what the fed wants right it they're they're Keynesian they want borrowing and lower Borrowing costs mean more borrowing. Higher borrowing costs mean less borrowing. And that's been their playbook for the better part of 30 years. Now, lowering short-term rates, that's one thing. But a lot of investment vehicles, including mortgages are tied to, or at least the rates are tied to, the 10-year treasury, which is not a short-term instrument. You could argue it's long-term, maybe argue it's intermediate-term, but it's certainly not short-term. And over the past week, when the 10-year hit 0.5%, we are now up... 20 basis points, about 40% in a week to 0.716 at the close today. Similar thing happened in early June before that rally petered out for a little bit. And then what happened? Interest rates went back down again. They almost hit 1% in early June, pushed back down to 0.5. Now we're back to 0.7. This is the news You're not going to see it on CNBC. You're not going to see it on Bloomberg. This is one of the most important factors in the market today. I talk about this with discounting rates. Low interest rates. Inflate asset prices. Inflate real estate prices. Inflate tech stocks. Higher interest rates mean... Higher cost of capital for corporations. Higher discount rates for future cash flows. So this is something everybody needs to be watching. And what's the reason? What's the catalyst? Well, it was inflation data. Inflation data, was it day before last? was much higher than expectations. Higher inflation is bad for mainly the bond market. Why is that? Well, if you're investing in bonds, you get typically a fixed rate of interest payment. Could be investing in TIPS or floating rate securities, small part of the market. But in general, 90 plus percent of fixed income products are fixed interest rates. So if inflation goes up, if you're you're earning, let's call it what's what's the thirty year? Thirty years now at one point where we are one point four. That's a, from a low of one point about one seven. So it's up even more, about twenty five basis points from its low. Let's say you're in a thirty year treasury. You're yielding one and a half percent at best right now. What if inflation's at two or three? Guess what? It means you're losing purchasing power. So we're at this kind of interesting inflection point where you have supply. You have all of this money being printed, being spent and borrowed, with creating new treasuries out there in the marketplace, and that's why you're getting this rise in yields. Now, is the Fed going to allow this? No. I don't think so. They're not going to just sit idly by when they have the printing press. They're going to print. Sock up that supply. Soak up, not sock, soak up that supply of treasuries that are hitting the market. We're going to have a five to six trillion dollar deficit probably this year, depending on, you know, if they pass the stimulus package and how big it is. I think eventually they will. And this is the real story here. And this is something I think is going to be a rolling problem for Fed and the Treasury, which are pretty much now one. And the story always was for many decades, was that the Fed is independent. The Fed is independent because they want to be away from the political winds that are going to encourage more spending And creating inflation, out-of-control inflation. Well, now what you're seeing is the end of that. And so we're in a different market dynamic than we've seen in a very, very long time. Really since the 30s and 40s. And this will be the theme, I think, of the 2020s. How... So it's really the fiscal crisis that we're in right now manifests itself in policy in economies and in society more broadly. Because the release mechanism of this is really the dollar. Right? If treasury investors no longer want treasuries, what are they going to do? Sell the dollar. Buy something else with positive real yields, not negative real yields. And so, this is why I think that the commodity market is a great place to be. The foreign equity markets are increasingly becoming more attractive. And it takes a little more skill a little more creativity, a little more thought process to invest in this type of market. Right? You're not just buying whatever CNBC is talking about. So now that I've set things up for today, I'm excited to hear your calls. I'm ready to take your calls. 888-99-CHART, 888 4278 now if you want to sit down my, with myself or Steve, you can always head over to investtalk.com and reach out to us if you would like to set up a portfolio review, you have a, a, a question maybe off air, maybe you don't want to put on air, that's perfectly fine, we'd love to hear from you. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. Summer is moving fast and we are all patiently waiting on what's going to happen with the election and the markets and serious investors need not be fearless. I encourage you to head over to investtalk.com, take our risk questionnaire that'll help you start developing an effective strategy for your portfolio. And let's talk about whatever is on your mind, your participation is as important as ever. So we're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest
2: Talk. It's Thursday, and there's no doubt that the COVID-19 pandemic has caused financial disruptions around the world. But you've got an asset portfolio to protect and grow, so you've got finance and investment questions. Justin Klein is here, and he's taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART.
1: Hey, how are you? My name is Eric from New
0: York. Uh, I want to ask you about Lacadia Holdings, LCA. It's uh an pack and they're going to merge and become Golden nugget Casino I believe at the end of q three so I just want to know what your thoughts
1: were on it
0: and uh, if you thought that at these prices it was at a good valuation Thank you
1: this is lCA Lancadia Holdings uh. Buying Golden Nugget, I don't know the valuation. I don't know. Uh, buying Golden Nugget, private, it's a private company. Um, the chart had a nice, uh, a nice pop today. I don't know what the news was. I really don't know. There's no new, they, this, this is the problem with these, these SPACs, SPACs, special purpose acquisition company. Typically, they're buying private companies. So what's the value of that private company? You say what th- what they're paying for it. Is that really? Is that a good value? Or are they just trying to create a great story? Right. So I wish I could give you more, but I can't because I don't know enough about Golden Nugget. I think this is a great example of Kind of SEC asleep. They're asleep at the wheel. Uh, all these shell companies are basically sopping up or, or taking these, these shell companies and they're limiting this number of shares in the float. They're using the capital to buy another company. And so there's very few shares out there for speculators to get in. So they, if you just buy into the story, Then you just bid up the stock. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I would have to really dig in. These are, these are financial accounting, uh, projects to really understand and get the data on these particular companies. So you have to read prospectus, everything that comes out about it and really dig into it. So I would pass just because it's too hard to really understand. Now, my focus point today concerns the question, what will happen if the U.S. economy is forced to endure a new and more stringent shutdown in order to kill COVID? This is a question posed to Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari, and he says that a six-week economic lockdown is needed to defeat the virus. What would that mean? Do I think it's going to happen? We're going to touch on that. Also... There's a new investigation into Yield Street. Yield Street, this was launched in 2015. And this is one of those online platforms where investors can get big yields, 10, 15, 20% yields for different types of, of loans to risky endeavors. And this is a great example of investors' yield chasing. I see this a lot with these private REITs that are online. Right, A lot of people call them e-REITs. They're just private REITs. There's nothing really different about it except for how it's sold. Instead of big conference rooms where... You would go and, and listen to a pitch. Well, the pitch is done online now. The vehicles are pretty much the same. So we're going to touch on what that looks like and the lessons can be taken. Another news. Fannie and Freddie Mac are imposing new fees to help insulate themselves from the mortgage market and losses. What is that? How will that affect the mortgage market and borrowing costs? Then, lastly, something I didn't get to yesterday, which was the bond market and what areas of the bond market have the most inefficiencies and the best risk and reward. We're going to touch on that as well. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. Now, we have posted a new Invest Talk August rapid fire hour bonus show. Steve and I have recorded our answers to 34 voice bank questions, and we answer them all at a fast pace. So you can go check that out on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or obviously InvestTalk.com. I'm ready to take your calls right now at 888 99
2: This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume, because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Skyler from Las Vegas. I had a question about my Roth IRA and taxes. I don't plan on passing away, but I know that that happens. And I have a beneficiary and stuff for my Roth Right, and how would that work for taxes? Because I know with a Roth, you don't do taxes and stuff until you're a certain age. But if my beneficiary is under sixty-five or whatnot, I just I wouldn't know how that works. I hope I never have to find out, but it's a question that has kind of been on my mind lately. Uh, hopefully, you can answer that. And thank. You.
1: Well, the good news is you would never find out, right? You'd be unfortunately you'd be dead and it, it probably wouldn't matter uh at that point so uh but the what, what you're asking basically is what is the tax treatment for who that money goes to upon your passing and the answer is uh they don't have to take the money out either you can take it out tax free uh there's there's remember ira or roth ira money has already been taxed that's what's great about it is that it's not encumbered in the future with a tax burden of any type, so once again, you should talk to your CPA. These things change uh, rules, but in general, that's that's how it works. Whereas a regular IRA, because it hasn't been taxed, you pass away, there are it's called an IRA beneficiary, uh, a, a, a Benny IRA a beneficiary IRA, and there are some rules around how old that beneficiary is their life expectancy, there's, there's, it's kind of complex. And there's actually RMDs in a lot of cases for uh, Benny Ira's. Uh, but from a Roth standpoint, you don't have to worry about it because you already paid that tax. Great, great question. Now, my focus point today revolves around a statement by Fed President, University of Minnesota, Professor Neil Kashkari. And he argues that the government should issue a shelter in place order for everyone, but the truly essential workers for up to six weeks in order to control the COVID outbreak. That's pretty interesting coming from a central bank president. A doesn't probably isn't that well versed in the science. And the biggest damage in that case would be the economy. So it kind of feels like he has an axe to crime, but in a way he's right. A strong, stringent lockdown is what would really knock it out. Do we really have one? You could really argue we didn't, especially compared to other countries. Now I'm not arguing we should do that. Because I think the economic damage of such a thing and what we did is worse. Why? Because 20 million people lost their jobs. Only about half have been recovered since the restart. The Fed had to grow its balance sheet by $3 Probably have to do that again and then some. So the fiscal situation that we're in right now would just get even more dire. GDP in the second quarter fell 33%. Annualized. That's annualized. He thinks we gave up on the lockdown too soon and didn't do it strict enough and let up before the virus was fully under control. So it's interesting coming from a Fed president because it's their job, at least that's what they've been tasked to do, is to support the economy. And this would certainly not do that. So I don't really agree with with him because I I don't think in our country we're too divided, right? Think of the mask issue. It was too polarizing. Some people thought we didn't need it. Some people still don't think you need it. You going to be able to change that? You going to change that polarization? I don't really think so. So to me, it's not the greatest strategy and it would Double down on the economic damage that has already been done. Eight eight nine nine chart eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. How you get through and ask your question on today's show? We have about twenty five minutes or so left in the show, so if you're going to call, I urge you to do it now. Let's move on to a new investigation: the FBI and the SEC. They're looking. Finally, the SEC—they're waking up. This this is how egregious it needs to get to have them wake up. They're looking into Yield Street and their practices and interaction with customers, which launched in 2015, and they sold notes backed by certain assets. And individuals poured a billion more than a billion dollars into Yield Street over the past five years. And the biggest most egregious default, and it looks like about fourteen point seven percent of their loans are now in default, was something called shipbreaking, where you take old ships and you break them down and you sell them the scrap, et cetera. Well, that's been defaulted on along as as well as many others. And these are online platforms that are touting big returns. And this is not atypical. About 17, what was the number? 250 billion dollars, excuse me, has been put into crowdfunding sites over, oh sorry this this year, just this year. So a lot of people are chasing yields from these crowdfunding sites and it's a big big red flag for most of them. I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 88899 chart. InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with Hacker One's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com, HackerOne.com.
2: This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART.
1: Let's go to Randy in Minnesota looking at Excel Energy.
0: Yeah, my question is,
2: um, I've held this stock for probably 10-ish years, Um, Mm -hmm. bought some about 10 years ago, bought some more about 8 years ago. It's done very well. It's a steady incline. It pays really good normal dividends. And now it's kind of at one of its peaks, and I'm not sure if I should just...
0: It's been reliable, and I don't know if I should Mm -hmm. be thinking of selling some now, because (laughs) it just seems to be so steady that I hate to bail out, but yet I just need some thoughts of of what you think.
1: Well, the first question, you've bought it a couple times. It's done well. Uh, How much of your overall portfolio is it?
0: Probably about
1: 6%. 6%. Okay. So, this is Xcel Energy. This is a utility company, about $73 billion Correct. market cap. Yields 2.4%. Pretty meager yield at this point. I'm sure when you bought it, it was probably a much better yield, right?
0: A little bit better, yes. Yep.
1: Okay. And is this being held in a taxable account or an IRA, 401k? Taxable account. Taxable account, okay. Well, I think it is expensive at these levels. It's trading out $71 and change. I think the fair value is closer to the March lows, around $50. I think that is a reasonable value for uh, the growth. Uh, it's just very expensive. You're talking about uh, an operating earnings yield of about 5.5%. Enterprise value to EBITDA is about 14 which is expensive for... A utility company, and even this name—this is the most expensive uh, it's ever been in relation to its uh, its profits. So, I, I do think it is uh, expensive. It does; it is one of the leading companies in green energy, and I think that's a lot of the reason why you're seeing kind of the recent outperformance. Maybe ESG money being allocated here—it's uh, one of the better utilities when it comes to green energy. So, what I would probably do, because the valuation's a little steep. I would cut it in half. Now, it's a taxable account, so I would worry a little bit about what that tax consequences are for you. Probably decide whether you want to do it now or possibly wait till next year. But 6% is a little heavy for my liking. We typically between, uh, stick between 3 and 5%. So I would rebalance that down to 3% of your overall portfolio. Thanks for the call, Randy. Now, let's keep things moving. Back to our voice bank now. And this question came in from a listener in Montana.
2: Hi, Justin and Steve.
0: This is RJ from Montana. I am interested in 2U, ticker symbol TWOU. Looks like they're an online education software company. And with upcoming schools being possibly out of, uh, you know, a job maybe, I'm
2: thinking that this might be a good play to invest in. So what are your guys' thoughts as far as holding 2U for possibly a short term? or long-term. Thank you very much. I look forward to your answer on the podcast. Bye-bye.
1: All right. This is 2U Incorporated, but a $2.5 billion market cap provides cloud-based software as a service solutions enabling college colleges and universities. They allow you to deliver online virtual classes, uh, faculty social networking between students. Sounds very important in today's world. Right. And so clearly they they've been doing well. They were doing well before the pandemic revenues before the pandemic were still growing in the um, around 40% on average for the past couple of years. And that's been the same over the past couple quarters as well. Now they're losing money. Now they're projected to lose less money than 2019 where they lost a dollar 17. They're only supposed to lose a dollar this year and 65 cents next year, but they're still losing money. I like the space. I don't like companies that don't make money. And if you look at, what I want to look at here is really the the EBITDA. EBITDA is still negative by about uh, uh, $200 million. Their cash from operations is negative $10 million. So they're burning cash. They're really bringing cash from uh, financing, meaning raising capital. Let me look at their share counts. I would imagine it's probably growing over the years. Let's see. Yep. So they're growing. Uh, 2011, they had 31 million shares outstanding. Now they have 64 million shares outstanding. So they're they're using the equity markets to dilute shareholders and raise capital, to maybe eventually get to that profitability. But I think that you've had this uh, this move up from the lows about $12 in March. Now we're hit 48. Now we're at 38. Uh, this is rolled over. It's broken trend. It's still very expensive. Macd's rolled over hard. I think this is a name that I would monitor to see how they're incrementally getting towards that profitability and then maybe buy in the future. But I think the hype is now behind it. It started, the shine is coming off of it and the fact that they don't make money means this would be on my watch list to monitor, continue to study, make sure it's the best in the space because those are the, that's the company that's going to bring or create more market share uh, over time and, and capture more market share. So, uh, I would do a little bit deeper dive into the space and find the best one, and I've done a little bit, and this is not in my book the best one, but it should be on the list. Eight eight nine nine chart eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. Big news yesterday out of Fannie and Freddie says they're going to impose a new fee to insulate themselves from losses on refinance mortgages that they guarantee. Now this is refinancing. Let's be clear on this. So they. nearly half of the $11 trillion U.S. mortgage market. And what they are going to start doing next month is charging lenders an additional fee on refinances, not purchases, but refinances. And it's going to equal about 50 basis points, so 0.5% of the total value of the loan. So it's kind of like paying half a point now up front. So it's going to be a little more expensive to refinance using Fannie and Freddie than make a purchase. Now, the industry obviously thinks that the higher costs will simply be passed on to consumers, and that's certainly true. But it's only going to be a modest increase over time, over the length of the loan, right? Because you have that 50 basis points, spread over the cost of the loan over time. So the interest rate might be slightly higher. So it'll apply to most refinance mortgages delivered to firms beginning September 1st. How will this change the housing market? I think it has more simply to do with supporting mortgages, supporting debt in the economy. Right. Cause think of all the people that as rates go lower and lower and lower, that they refinance, save money. Maybe they take out some money, right? Cash out refinances, which are harder to get now. But if you're doing so with Fannie and Freddie, it's going to be a little more expensive, a little harder. So net, I think it's marginally bad for the economy. I don't really think it's going to be going to have much of an impact. Really, on the housing market overall. Now, you listen to Invest Stock. I'm Justin Klein. And yes, the economy has reopened. Maybe we'll be forced to shut down again. We'll see. But we know that there will be volatility. I talked about that today. How this reminds me a little bit of early June. Remember June 11th? Right? Volatility spiked. It's been relaxed since then. Volatility was dampened down. But it does not mean that volatility won't come back. So you need to be prepared for the volatility that is to come and to optimize your portfolio. So I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve at our KPP financial office in Irvine, California. We can help you. We want to help you. Whether you're a conservative investor looking for consistent income or maybe a young investor, aggressive investor looking for strategies that will help you achieve financial freedom decades from now. We can help you. You can start with a no-cost portfolio review. So give us a call. Send us a message through investtalk.com. And now I'm here, ready to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. We're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Good news,
2: Steve and Justin have recorded another rapid-fire-hour podcast. They take caller questions at a faster pace, but you still get their unbiased answers. In this special bonus show podcast, you'll hear responses to 34 finance and investment questions. The theme of the program concerns market processes, best practices for investors, and explanations of various terms and investment opportunities. So tell your friends, search Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or investtalk.com for the free August Rapid Fire Hour. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. Hi, I was curious your opinion on uh, the best ETFs uh, in regards to maybe pharma versus sports betting and the video game ETFs that are really hot and versus the precious metals ETFs and even some of the emerging
1: work-from-home ETFs. So please let me know when you get a chance, and really enjoy your podcast. Well, you listed off a few different sectors there. Uh, Obviously, you listen to the show for any length of time, you'll know that I'm a big fan of the precious metals market right now, especially in light of our fiscal situation. And we know that gold and silver tend to correlate or inversely correlated with the, uh, the deficit. So if deficits go up, meaning we're going deeper, deeper into the red, that means gold and silver tend to do better. So, you know, I like that. Uh, I think the work from home shine is starting to come off a little bit uh, back to reality that yes, more people work from home, more people are using technology, all that. But how much of that will drive profits? Many of those companies are unprofitable, even post-COVID. And their positive cash flows are years away. And so this has been a narrative-based market for a while, but especially since COVID. So I think the work-from-home thing is run its course, at least for now. Video games, you know, I never I'm never gonna buy that esports are going to be bigger than regular sports. Simply because at a certain point, you hit your thirties, especially forties, you have kids, you have important things to do besides play video games, your interest in esports declines. So while I like the space, I think, once again, too much optimism. Always specific names, but I think buying an ETF uh, means you're lumping yourself in with all the other ones that are probably markets over-optimistic on their prospects. So that's my thoughts on three. I think you had another one, but I forget exactly what it was. We don't like to endorse one particular ETF as well or individual company, uh, you know, cause we just don't, we don't like to do that. And we can't do that from a regulatory standpoint as well. Now, as you probably noticed, we have calls from all over the country. Here's further proof. This invest talk caller for, came from Indiana.
0: Hi guys. This is Chandler from Indiana. Thank you for your show. I recently invested in Kodak K O D K. And I tried to ride the wave of emotion with everybody else, and it jumped up to $57, then back down. And I got in at $42 a share, and I see that it keeps dropping and dropping over the last couple of days. Is it smart for me to get out now, or should I just hold on for the ride and hope that it comes back up? Thank you.
1: Oh. You know, since the beginning of COVID, we've, we have a lot of new callers, not a lot of new listeners, excuse me our listenership has almost doubled since the start of COVID. So I understand there's a lot of, of newbies who haven't really been, been around to understand our approach and the successful approach to investing. And there's a lot about this market that is a very flash in the pan type of strategy, which are chasing, right? Robin Hooders that are just looking at what's, what's moving, right? And, That can work, but more often than not, the inexperienced buy, too late, closer to the high, right? I think you said he bought it at 42. The high for this was 60. Now it's at $9.20. This goes back, Kodak. It goes back to what I was saying about the SEC. This is Kodak, people. They spent a bunch of money on lobbying, and they got a quote-unquote loan to move into the pharmaceutical production space. How does that make any sense? company that makes film. It was in the film industry. How, are the, how does that make any sense? That's just pure graft. And I believe there's uh, some investigation around it. I don't know if that'll... Come to any any conclusion, I don't think the SEC really cracks down on anybody for the most part, especially if you're big and you spend a bunch of money on lobbyists and you have the right connections in Washington. And Kodak is the perfect example of that. Now there is a shareholder lawsuit, etc. So let this be a lesson. Invest in companies with fundamentals. Don't just chase the story. When you chase the story... Eventually, the story fizzles out. Eventually, the story meets reality. And oftentimes, the story is far more optimistic than the reality. And so, I would sell it and remember this lesson. And this should be a lesson for everybody out there. Now the next invest talk. This story: one investor heavyweight says he's he now sees the same metric that signaled the 2001 market crash. Could he be right? It's known as the Buffett indicator. It measures the total market cap of all U.S. stocks relative to the country's GDP. Steve will get to that story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 99 chart.
2: It's been another Investor Thursday, and we've all seen the market move up, down, and all around. It's called volatility, and you'll have investment and finance questions for Steve and Justin. They welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART.
0: Hey, Steve and Justin. Love the show. Thanks for all the great knowledge. Today, I'm calling to get your opinion on prenuptial agreements. I'm not sure how I feel about those moving forward and uh, thought I would use your expertise. Thank you. I'll be listening to the podcast for your information. Thanks.
1: Thanks for the call. Now, this is a a little bit outside my usual purview, but anything money-related, especially prenuptial agreements, which tend to be heavily focused on the money side. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Planning, right? It's really what you're, you're, you're planning just in case. And I think if somebody's offended by it, then maybe they're in it for the wrong reasons. Right? So it's, it's not planning to fail. It's just planning to if something goes wrong. And it can help, it can protect both sides. Hopefully, both individuals go into that marriage with assets that are important to them. And it's important that they keep those assets if it goes away, right? So, I don't see anything wrong with a prenuptial agreement. 8899 chart, 889924278. Let's grab another question before we close up for the day. Hey guys, this is Jake from Salt Lake. Uh, love the show. I just had a question about Micro Focus PLC, MFPG, I believe. Kind of got onto my radar. They seem to have a pretty great balance sheet, good moat, all that. Their price has suffered recently from various things, COVID, uh, all that. And I think they have uh, they they acquired an HP enterprise uh, software which the integration hasn't been great on that. But I'm wanting to pass on this, but it's seeming like a, a good maybe value play for you know two or three years. I'll look forward to the answer on the show. Thanks. Bye. All right. This is MFGP. I think you said PG, but it's MFGP, Micro Focus International PLC. This is a UK-based software provider supporting the technologies needed and challenges of the Forbes global. Hmm. Just trying to... Get a little more data on what this company does. Let's see. Security solutions, mainframe development. It looks like it's a foreign company. Yep, UK. I I, I do like foreign companies right now. I'm a fan of the foreign markets. Uh, we're definitely scouring the globe for the best out there uh, that are the most undervalued. Focusing more on cyclical as well as... Uh, as well as commodities. But this is a little bit different. The issue here is the debt, $4.6 billion in long-term debt, only about a $1.4 billion market cap. And if you take a look at the chart, the chart is definitely down on its luck. Once again, the big question is how do they handle that debt? Are they going to be able to do that? Um, Let me look at another GP... I have a bunch of different databases. So especially the foreign companies is an ADR, uh, the data can be a little more sparse. Yeah, positive free cash flow. I like that. I just don't like that debt. That's my biggest issue here. Looks solid otherwise. Their return equity tends to be very high, although recently it's down. A lot of that has to do, I'm sure, with COVID. Why is re- Why was revenue down 12 percent? Earnings down 16 percent? And this was as of January of this year, so pre-COVID. So they were struggling pre-COVID, and so uh, you know I would pass on it until I'd see better chart and really understand how they dig themselves out of that debt. Let's go to one last question at eight 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 ninety nine chart.
2: Hello, how are we doing? Love the show, just wanted to know what your guys' take is on the crypto world and what you think on getting involved with some digital currencies. Thank you.
1: I said this before, I do have a little bit of Bitcoin uh, through a Bitcoin ETF. I think it's prudent to have a, a small position because it's hard to know what the next phase of the currency regime is. Uh, worldwide will be clearly the dollar is losing its luster and we're in a fiscal bind and how we get out of that it could be a gold standard it could be uh, uh, another type of currency it could be a digital currency it's hard to know so to me it's kind of like buying a call option and I think owning a small position is not a bad idea I'm Justin Klein this completes another Invest Talk program I will return Monday in the meantime please remember to tell your friends and family members about over the 100 archived Invest Talk podcasts that are free to download over at InvestTalk.com or on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night.
0: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Call 1-800-557-5461.